0: Well, the egg came and went. The flocks of Forcliff's colony supporters returned home in a very despondent mood. Not one of the team managed to meddle in any of the competitions. Gary's dad went down to the local watering hole. The place was packed with gannets wanting to hear eyewitness accounts from those spectators who attended the egg.
1: It's true the performances were poor
0: said Gary's dad.
1: But don't say I didn't warn you. Ah, don't start,
0: said one of his drinking buddies.
1: I know, I know, you predicted that we wouldn't win a medal. Yeah, and you all thought I was talking rubbish. Okay, you were not There, I've said it. Are you happy now? I still maintain that our youngsters are losing their traditional skills with the way they... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, do, do you want another drink? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to match my words with action. I'm going to coach youngsters properly so that they can be competitive at the next egg. Gary, are you serious about wanting to compete in the egg? Yes, it's my dream. But have you thought it through properly? Hmm? Listen, Gary. There's only ever one winner, but hundreds, if not thousands, compete for the same prize. They invest crazy amounts of time, training, dieting, getting their minds right. It can lead to heartbreak and disappointment. I know, I've been through it three times myself. I'm aware of that, Dad, but I'm 100% serious. I want to compete in the egg, and I'm going to do my best every day to achieve that goal. It will mean getting up early, training twice a day, every day, come hail to rain or shine, keeping to a special diet that you might not like, learning to focus your mind, as well as going to school and doing your homework. I understand that, but if, if anything, focusing my mind will help my schoolwork, won't it?
0: Gary's dad stared intently at his son.
1: Okay, so... We start training at dawn tomorrow.
0: For the following months of winter and spring, Gary and his dad endured all sorts of early morning weather and tidal conditions as they practised their diving routines and completed obstacle courses of varying lengths. In the dusk of the evenings, they practised their one-legged landings and sprints. Gary kept to the special diet outlined by his dad. His breakfast was the biggest meal of the day. Buries and kelp replaced his post-school snack of sprats and he drank fresh water at every available opportunity. His mum worked overtime to prepare imaginative high-calorie breakfasts of sprats, seaweed and crisp petals of dried flowers. She also ensured that Gary kept up his schoolwork. Over time, She saw her son's brown plumage begin to change to the white feathers of a maturing young gannet. She also recognised how lean and fit he had become. So did the other gannets in his class. While he still was not as tall as the likes of Gregory, he was no longer the shortest gannet, but he was definitely the fittest looking. While before he used to get mocked over his rotundness, now the best Gregory and his cronies could come up with was... Four eyes, on account of the goggles Gary wore while out training. Gary did not mind. He couldn't care less what any other Gannet called him or thought of him. Well, with the exception of Gertrude, oh, and and his parents, and and perhaps Gerhardt too. Gertrude and Gerhardt continued to train with Gary's dad twice a week, and both were well on the way to becoming very competent divers. Gertrude even took up training for the one-legged landing, and she showed a lot of potential in that event too. A few weeks later, Gary's dad was flying home from work when he saw a sight that he had not seen since last autumn. Off in the distance, a rolling ball of starlings twisted and turned and shimmied and shook. As his flight path took him closer to the murmuration, he observed the precision of the starling's movement and their instinctive reflexes. He was mightily impressed by the skill on display. As usual, there were no collisions. Not one starling seemed to put a foot or wing wrong. Garry's dad soon recognized the leader of the murmuration. It was that peaked hat, scarf and goggle wearing old codger. Colonel Starling The colonel roared out commands and the hundred or so younger starlings carried out the routines
1: Hmm I wonder
0: muttered Gary's dad as a mad notion came to his mind He followed the starlings back to their roost and approached Colonel Starling
1: Welcome back Looks like you wintered well
0: said Gary's dad Colonel Starling looked up at the gannet that towered over him.
1: By Jove, it's great to see you again, old chap. Likewise, Colonel. I was on my way home when I saw your cadets, and once you were finished your routines, I followed you back to your roost. And what did you make of my cadets' aerobatics? Yeah, the manoeuvres were very impressive. They are indeed impressive, old chap, said the Colonel. Your formation flying is the reason I'm here. He explained that
0: Gary was in training for the egg, but that he needed some different type of training to develop his agility, nimbleness and stamina. And he wondered if Gary could join Colonel Starling's cadet school for the duration of his summer holidays.
1: Hmm, a bit of outside-the-box thinking there, old chap. Outside the cube, even, said the colonel. I quite like it. It shouldn't be a problem, but I'll run it by the powers that be. Come around tomorrow at this time, and I'll have an answer for you. That's great, Colonel. See you tomorrow, so.
0: Said Gary's dad before he took flight. He still had to figure out how to tell his wife of his latest plan. And of course, how to convince Gary to spend his summer holidays at the Starling Skedet School instead of spending the three months frolicking with his pals.